one thing I think all coaches can agree on is there's never enough time. <laughs> there's never enough money, right? <laughs> I think we could all use a 72 hour day and all the funding in the world, right? And I always felt this as a coach, even at the college level when it was my full-time job, I still felt the time and money crunch. So it's interesting that now that I'm an entrepreneur, I feel that crunch more and I figured out how to handle it better. So while building this business for the past three years, we've been living on one income. We have had three children now, so we've added three more mouths to feed. And on the time side, that makes even less time when I'm a work from home mom. So I've had to figure out how to squeeze my time in in the early mornings when the kiddos are sleeping. And that's not a ton of time for someone who could spend hours and hours and hours doing this kind of stuff. But the magic is it has almost forced me to figure out a better way. And the cool thing about entrepreneurship is there are people in all sorts of fields doing the same thing. There are people working a nine to five and starting a business on the side. Sound familiar? <laughs> Most of the coaches in here are holding down a quote unquote real job all while running teams and creating practice plans and going to practices at least a couple of times a week. And even those who are employed as a coach, that's your title. You know, all the other things take up the rest of your time, right? The planning, the travel, the academic meetings, getting officials, all of the things that go into planning. So my point, we can be more efficient and we can look at money a little bit differently. And that's what I'm bringing you today. So I brought some trainings out of the boot camp again. I think you're going to love them. The first one is on efficiency and three actionable tips to be more efficient with the limited time we have. And the second one is about ROI. One of the most interesting things I've learned since becoming an entrepreneur is money mindset and how the way we view money and how it's made and who gets it and who has it has a huge effect on how easy it is to both spend and bring it in. I was hesitant to share this one because it sounds like, oh, you should have a better view on money so you can spend it with us, <laughs> which yes, that's a bonus. If you want our stuff, great. But the real point is to take some of that pressure off of spending, take some of the guilt off of all the money that goes into the sport, right? Take some of those heavy feels away so that you know, ah, okay, yes, this is going to take some money on my pocket, but it's an investment and I feel good about it. So that's what we're talking about today. Let's jump on in. Get your head in the game, coach. You're about to get your audio dose of softball inspiration. I'm Melanie Rushing. And I'm Alicia Smith. And we help softball teams win more games and have more fun. Right now, you're joining thousands of passionate coaches across the nation who are dragging the field, prepping for the day, or driving to that other job while they learn and grow as a coach. So if you're ready to learn how to build a strong team culture, get your players to believe, and make a real difference in their lives, you're in the right place. This is the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast. Hello there, and welcome to your first bonus masterclass. This one is all about efficiency, so let's get to it. I'm going to share the three little-known efficiency hacks that I've learned through coaching and business and how especially balancing momming and business. So let's get to it. First up, hard work does not equal success. Second, you don't have to do everything. And third, mastery is the key. If you're going... Huh, we'll see. <laughs> Stick with me. So first up, hard work does not equal success. So a lot of people think it's a direct correlation. 
the harder I work, the more success I'll have. And while part of that is true, it's not completely true because we've all had that kid who busts her butt. She puts in the work. She's a great kid, great attitude. And the harder she works, she's still not quite as successful as those around her. So that can't be the only two parts of the equation, right? So if you think about it, all of these things go into it too. There is hard work, of course, but there's also rest, discipline, resilience, skill, both physical and technical, mindset, confidence, trust, all of these things and more are what it takes to actually be successful. So I like to look at it from this analogy. Success is like gardening. The seeds are the goals and the dreams and our aspirations that we plant into the ground and then we water them, helping them grow. We are the watering can, and we each have a unique size and shape and what we're ultimately capable of from a physical standpoint. So some may be a little larger, some smaller, but the real key is that most people don't make the best use of that watering can. You fill it up with the hard work, skills, techniques, strategies, stamina, resilience, and mindset. We're getting better and better at teaching skills and technique and strategy. But the trick is getting that water out. Because if you don't keep the spout clear with things like rest, nutrition, mobility, injury prevention, less and less water can get through. The final piece is the hand that pours the water out. This is trust, confidence, and belief. So on game day, you can actually get out all of that water you put in. This is the kid who puts in all the work, does great in practice, then for some reason on game day, just can't figure it out. She chokes. She doesn't quite live up to what you want from her. And there's just a little bit left in the tank that you know she could pour out, but she just can't. This is where our mental training comes in and the teach, train, trust method. So the main lesson here that I've had to learn myself, it's not all about the grind. It's not all about working more. Sometimes it's about resting. Sometimes it's about protecting that energy. And a lot of times it's about sitting back, letting go of the outcome, letting go of the expectations and trusting. That is what's going to lead to success. That is an efficient use of your time and energy. Number two, you don't have to do everything. There are a lot of things on our plates. Practice planning, stats and scouting, player development, communication, travel planning, equipment. And that's only six. We could have a list of 45 on here. And it does feel like we have to do everything because it needs to get done. And honestly, the responsibility falls to us most of the time. But we can be more efficient like the bee. These tiny creatures are some of the most efficient beings in our universe. So they each have their one specific job, and that is the only thing they do to serve the queen bee and serve the colony. So though we probably can't just focus on one exact thing, we can definitely narrow down a bit. So let's take a look at how to do that. This is from a book called Clockwork by Mark Michalowicz. Here is the main thing I want you to focus on here for efficiency's sake. Draw a circle in the middle, and then write down all the things that you do as a coach. The things that you find are important that make your team run. And then with a line, you're going to put them as far out or as close to the dot as time they take. So you put them all around the circle with lines, putting them closer if it takes less time or further if it takes a long time. Then looking at that chart, you're going to code it. So the thick line is something that this is important. I need to make sure I continue to do this. So communication and player development in this example. The squiggly line means maybe I can take a little less time with them. <laughs> My personal experience, I took way too much time on practice plans. I tried to make them perfect and I could do things like, okay, have six templates of practice plans and then plug in the drills I want to do. That way it keeps it simpler and saves me some time and energy. 
and then things like equipment and travel planning these are things you can delegate they of course have to get done but maybe the girls can help with the equipment and then travel planning maybe you can ask one of the parents to help you out so as you can see here even with just these six examples you're already narrowing down the time you spend which is going to help you be more efficient and focus more on the things that matter in the center i want you to put your why you said this week what your why is and most of you it's about helping the girls so if you get clear on here and be really protective of your time, you can start to see the things that you can take off your plate completely, the things you can make a little bit more efficient, and the things that you know, yes, I wanna spend my time here. So the overall lesson here is be like a bee. Do only the things that serve what's most important, which in this case is your why, which usually is making a bigger impact on your girls. And finally, mastery is the key. So I've got another book recommendation for you guys. Mastery by George Leonard is an excellent book. He talks about how to master a certain skill and he identified four different types of people. So the first is a dabbler. This first graph over here, they start with enthusiasm, they make rapid progress, but then they give up after the first little fall off. And once they see like, oh, okay, maybe this isn't working. And then they're off to the next thing, they've just moved on. The next is the obsessive, they start with a ton of progress and then when they're faced with the plateau they just work harder which leads to some sharp highs because they are working well and they're getting things out of it but then sharp lows because they burn out until finally their bodies and their minds can't take it anymore and then the big drop off at the end and then finally is the hacker the hacker gets the hang of something and then just happily stays on the plateau forever <laughs> never getting any better so these are the three curves that we don't want Everyone has done these at some point in time with a specific skill or just softball in general. But what we want is the mastery curve. So the master stays on this path to mastery. They're consistent, they're committed, and they see brief bursts of progress, each of which is followed by a slight decline and then a plateau, then another incline again. The burst of progress is a thing we love. It's that light bulb moment when something we teach actually sticks. But as with anything, as we're leveling up our skills, we're bound to hit a wall. And that's this little dip. So we add a new skill or some pressure, and all of a sudden we seem to lose what we just gained. And this is where masters set themselves apart. They know the next growth spurt is coming. They just have to put in some work plus rest and build up their trust until the new skill becomes muscle memory. They know what got them here won't get them there. So they problem solve, learn, and take a step each and every day. And that is how they keep getting better and better. So the efficiency lesson here is a lesson for all of us in how to trust that process. And this is the visual of that process. You will get further faster as long as you stay on that curve. So let's execute. Here are your three things to become an efficiency master. Number one, treat success like a garden, fill your can, protect your energy and increase your trust. Then you'll be able to water those seeds all day and get them to grow even faster. Two, be like a bee. Focus on the tasks that fulfill your why. That is the way to be efficient is to give most of your energy and time to the things that actually matter. And three, follow the mastery curve to help your girls reach their potential. It's going to help you and help them if you're more patient and let them travel that curve, learning and growing with a little dip in between each and every time. All right, our next masterclass is all about ROI. And if you're anything like me and most softball coaches I know, 
money is on our minds a lot. We don't usually have a ton of it to spend. Fundraising is really a thing for most of us. So making sure we're going to get an ROI on the things that we spend our money on is really important. So we're going to talk about three questions you need to ask yourself to get 100% ROI. Number one, what's the cost? Number two, will it give me what I want? And number three, is it something I should do? Yeah, I bet you're intrigued now, huh? Let's dive into the first one. What is the cost? So a lot of people think of it as an exchange of money. I'm giving you my dollar. This is my dollar for the thing that I want. So the cost of this bat is $300. The cost of that glove is $75. The cost of that tournament, hundreds of dollars. That's how we usually think about things. But I want you to think of it in a different way. I want you to think what's the benefit. So instead of just handing over your money to somebody else, think of it as investing it into a piggy bank. So things like travel, equipment, training, instead of just handing them over to somebody, you're investing them into your player's growth. Because that's what we're really here for, right? You volunteer your time, you put in the effort, all for your players. So why is money anything different? So if we think of it as, okay, what's the benefit of travel? What's the benefit of getting them nicer equipment? What's the benefit of getting this training for them and teaching them new things? This is a simple shift of perspective to help take the heaviness off of spending money because it does add up, right? If we count every penny, we put it on our spreadsheets and we count it up, it's a lot. And at the end of the day, when we see the benefits of it, I think we'd still do it again. So we take that pressure and judgment off of ourselves and we look at it either, is this going to be a good investment or not? Then it's going to be much easier to spend that money without the guilt. So while this flip is simple, it's not easy. I encourage you to keep trying it. Next question is, will it give me what I want? Yes or no? Will putting the money into this investment give me the thing that I want? Will it help me make a bigger impact on my players? Will it help my players have more fun? Will it help my players build confidence? Yes or no? That's usually how we answer it, right? But actually, if it's not what you want, but it is what you need, it's a good investment. So if you invest your money and it gives you the thing you want, you get that outcome. The outcomes aren't guaranteed but that bad, right? But it is the tool they need to succeed. Same thing with any training you pay for, whether it's mental, physical, hitting, pitching. You might not get the exact stats outcomes you want right away, but you know it's going to be worth it because they're building these skills over time. Whether you get what you want or get what you need, that's money well spent. And finally, is it something I should do? So when it comes to our brains and specifically in this situation, decision-making around spending money, there are two different ways to look at it. There's the logical side, the green one, where you're, where you're figuring out the cost and benefit, where you're weighing what it can get you, where you're looking into the details and specifics of it. And then there's the right brain that's more about the feel. Does this feel like something that's going to help my players or help me? The trick is your left brain, the logical brain, actually tends to get you stuck when you don't need to be. You have to start there. You have to figure out if this is the best investment compared to others. You have to figure out if you can afford this investment, if it's something within your price range. But then when it comes down to that final decision, it can tend to give you paralysis by analysis. So instead, you got to trust your right brain. So think of it this way. If you are thinking, I don't really want this thing, but I think I should get it. No. That's your right brain telling you, like, I don't really want it, but like maybe there's some outside pressure saying I should. Maybe other people are getting it, so maybe I think I should, or I just saw all these other coaches buy this thing, so maybe I should. That is your right brain telling you, no, it's some outside influence. I don't really want this, so let's, let's put it aside for now. Maybe you'll want it later. 
Whereas if you're thinking, I really want it, but I don't think I should, this is your left brain coming in with too many extra facts and giving you some doubts. Maybe it's uh, a doubt that I don't know if I'll be able to implement it. Or maybe it's a doubt that I don't know if we'll have that time. But if you really want it, trust your right brain and then your left brain can figure it out later. Because let me tell you, coaches are resourceful. So if you really want it, but don't think you should, trust your right brain and go with it. Because again, if you get what you want or get what you need, this is going to be worth your investment. All right, now let's execute. That was a quick one, but these take a while to actually build up. (laughs) So to get 100% ROI, you have to see the benefit, how this is actually an investment. Number two, you got to get what you need. Even if you don't get what you want, if it's something that has both of those options, it's definitely going to be 100% ROI. And then finally, trust your right brain. Once your logical brain has done its job and gotten all the facts in order, trust your gut. You've been through enough investments by now. You know what's right for your team. You know what's going to help them. Trust your gut and go with it. So accountability check. In the comments below this post, walk through a recent investment you made and see if you got 100% ROI. Did you ask those questions before? Did you feel like it was worth the money? Did you feel like you got what you wanted or needed? And if you didn't, which of these did you not check off? It's a good exercise to see, okay, what things I need to be a little bit more left brained on before I go all in, or which things I need to trust my right brain on and go for it. And that's a wrap on today's episode. I hope you found these things as helpful as I have. I think you'll find that when you start practicing this kind of mindset, your life gets not only easier, but much more enjoyable. Because <laughs> there are always going to be things to spend money on. There are always going to be times where you wish you had more time. But when you look at it this way, it helps put things into perspective and helps you appreciate all that you have been able to do with the resources you have. That wraps another episode talking about the coach's mindset and how to be difference makers. Next week, I'm coming at you with an episode with Alicia where we dive back into how to do this stuff with your girls. She's been working in person with some teams now with masks galore, don't worry. (laughs) And they have been doing some awesome things, doing the mental training drills, putting things into action, and really digging deep into how to be the mentally tough leaders we hope for them to be. All right, see you next week. Have a good one.